Well, it's time for another one of my podcasts, and I'm really happy that I'm continuing my series. It's going well, my series of interviews with members of Cote St. Luke City Council. Of course, I've been on council for 17 years. I thought it would be interesting to introduce uh, listeners of this podcast, members of our council, and we've already gone now. We're at District 6 already. I can't believe it. And it's Lior Azarad. Mon invité aujourd'hui, Lior Azrad, conseiller municipal pour le district 2. Bonjour, Lior, et je vous souhaite la bienvenue pour commencer. Dites-moi comment s'est déroulée votre première année et demie uh, de votre mandat. Merci beaucoup, Mike. Uh, tout d'abord, tout d'abord, j'aimerais te remercier pour ce, cette entrevue. Uh, C'est un honneur. Tu as interviewé uh, dans les années des des gens très importants pour Côte-Saint-Luc et Montréal. Alors, pour moi, c'est un grand honneur. Euh, pour moi, vous êtes l'ambassadeur de communication pour Côte-Saint-Luc. Merci. Alors, alors pour moi, c'est un honneur. Euh, et aussi, je voulais re vous remercier aussi pour être un des premiers à m'appeler à mon tout début de mon mandat pour me dire que tu étais toujours là pour n'importe quelle question ou euh, n'importe quelle demande que j'avais que je n'étais pas sûr comment, comment faire. So I'm going to switch a bit. Into, I'm going to switch into English and French as the uh, interview goes. Um, oui, this is going to be this is going to be my first bilingual podcast. So you speak, uh, answer each question as you wish in whichever language, because you are uh, Lior parfait bilingue, a great example for all of Quebecers. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, for 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 my first year, for first year and a half, um, I have to say it was an incredible, uh, incredible. Uh, how should I say, educational for me in terms of uh, in terms of knowing how the city really operates from within. And uh, it's one of the reasons, uh, you know, when I first ran, what that was what pushed me was actually to know, uh, you know, rather than just complain about a problem and uh, and write an email and, and come up and ask questions, um, really is do something about it. So for me, coming into the city and really, really getting to, to know um, all the employees, or the directors specifically, and I'm slowly starting to get more and more, get to know more and more people, is really seeing how much they really put their heart into it, how much they make such, a, such an effort to do, it, to do things right, and they really want to give the, 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 the residents the best service possible. So for me, that was an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, learning experience because I, you know, from the outside, it's easy to see what's going wrong, but we don't recognize and realize how much is going right every day in the city, public works, recreation. I mean, all the staff, directors, how much everything needs to be put together now, like everything else. Everything can be done better, improved. There's the innovations. There's you know different way of thinking. So that's part of uh, part of why I'm there. But that's, that's a very good analysis, Lior, because you know I covered City Hall as a reporter for many years for the Suburban, for the Monitor, for the old the Weekly Herald, and then um, you know and then I started doing some consulting for the city uh, and the borough, uh, doing communications consulting, and there I started to see things that I kind of didn't know. And then when I got elected in uh, 2005 to city council, wow, well, that's when I really started to see the exact things that you're, you're indicating right now. Uh, but what was it that prompted you to run for your first time in city council for the 2021 elections? So 
at first, what really uh, pushed me, I, I was thinking about it earlier than, uh, you know, earlier than the time I ran last, uh, but due, due to personal circumstances and the time that I think I would, that would be required, um, I, I held back. But when the lead pipe situation really uh, came out as more clearly as being a, such a large problem for the city, uh, rather than just complain about it, rather than just, you know, uh, constantly harass a, a counselor knowing full well that things needed to be done, I decided to get more involved and I decided to ask questions and I, you know, talk to neighbors and see how people felt about the situation and realized that let's see if, if, if I think more can be done, well, I got to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. And uh, so I decided to run and to see, to see from this perspective, what more can we do? And uh, it's not that I can necessarily do it better, better than the next person, but it's more that if I put the effort I believe I can put in, then I'll get the job done and we can help, you know, council get things moving in a, in, in a manner that's best for all the residents. So that's really what, what propelled me into it. You've prompted me to jump to my next question, which I'll keep in English, but you can answer it in both languages, uh, given the constituency. But another issue that I think prompted you to run and an issue that you've played a very important mediator's role, I think, because we had the situation with the Colel, which was quite controversial, the synagogue that was going to be placed on Mackle Road, uh, you know, near Maimonides, next to the Dogra, next to Public Works. And it was done during the height of the pandemic with a very high profile and controversial public consultation. It was it was getting getting difficult with with, uh, you know, uh, the Sephardic community, the Ashkenazi community wasn't very pretty, to be honest with you. Yet, when you came in, you and Councillor Ben Isri worked with Mayor Brownstein, and you came up with, I think, a great compromise, and you settled things down. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, I mean, I see myself with regards to everything, but very much in particular to the Kolel, as a facilitator, a facilitator for both sides. And I believe that, you know, uh, it's it's like I'm coming in as an informal arbiter, trying to see um, what each side of the argument was bringing and what everybody's in what what was really what were their what would they really want what did they really mean by what they said when they complained about it in a certain view and try to get to the crux of it so that we can actually address the real problems that residents on both sides of the argument had. So I took the time I I called. Um, many of these residents directly, some of them have called me um, and I spoke to them and I listened to them. But I also did something that, you know, from the outside looking in, I didn't know, you know, what was really happening behind the scenes is we got we got the city involved with the directors, with with, uh, you know, with uh, Jonathan Schechter, with Tanya and getting them involved into communicating more with the residents on both sides and the rabbis on both sides, trying to get more clarity as to what the problem really is. And it's always, I believe, it's just communication. It's education. Both sides need to be educated about the other one's understanding of how they see things. So by educating everybody a little bit more, I think, you know, cooler heads prevailed and they and people realized that, hey, you know, there's there's something that I didn't know that the other side needed or was doing and why they were doing it. And so that way we can communicate a little bit better. And I'll speak in French to this part because Il y avait autant des, des um, résidents uh, francophones qui 
trouvaient que personne ne leur communiquait assez avec la ville. Personne ne communiquait leurs besoins, que ce soit du côté euh, religieux, en tant que non-religieux, juifs et non-juifs. Ils avaient des besoins et ils voulaient être entendus. Alors, je pense que c'est la première chose que j'ai pris. J'ai pris le temps de, de taper à pas mal de portes, à écouter les deux côtés et, et, et faire réaliser aux deux côtés qu'il y a des changements démographiques qui, qui arrivent à Côte-Saint-Luc, dans certaines parties de Côte-Saint-Luc, en particulièrement dans mon district, qui est le district 6. Et il faut juste essayer de trouver les manières à coexister, parce que des, à trouver des solutions pour la communauté, pour continuer à vivre d'une manière euh, qui est, euh, comme on dirait, peaceful pour tout le monde. Et je trouve qu'on on va y arriver. On, on, on a fait beaucoup, beaucoup d'efforts. On a, on a pris des pas en avant. Et je pense qu'on y arrive très doucement. So I think now we're, you know, we didn't go ahead and pass any bylaws in which uh, the existing synagogues that are in homes had to vacate or had to uh, go to any type of votes. Uh, we're, we're taking a slow, hard look and trying to find a compromise. Uh, they've been there for a very long time. But I think also, Lior, you've been able to explain to the, 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 the people who worship at these homes the reasons why we have the concerns. We're not just making these things up. There are issues and we need to come up with, with an issue. And, you know, I think for 90% of them, the, the neighbors do not have a problem with them. We have one issue, one in your district that we're trying to come up with. But I think uh, by, by dialogue, I think we're hopefully going to come to a solution where this doesn't become a controversy. Absolutely. And I agree with you there because I think, first of all, by communicating with all the neighbors around and listening to their concerns uh, and parsing out the concerns that are real concerns and concerns that we find just to be nuisances and are no different than in somebody lived in a home and the, there was somebody throwing a party every day uh, next door, um, you know, they wouldn't necessarily be con contravening any bylaws, but they would just have a lot of people over every day, every day. I think it would still constitute as a nuisance for the neighbor. So it's just a matter of getting the people to understand each other and what their needs are and also making the people understand that on, on the, on the, you know, on the, synagogue side is that there is a certain element of potential nuisance and they have to address those uh, because everybody's we're never going to please a hundred percent of the people because that's just impossible but we do know that we can reach a very high percentage of satisfaction on both sides meaning people will be satisfied with the effort that was made on both sides so if both sides move and we'll reach we'll get somewhere in the middle there's always going to be a few people that'll be unhappy on both sides of the equation but i think overall we'll we'll reach a a, a, a ground a, a somewhere midpoint that a very big majority will be very happy and i think that overall the city will uh benefit the most because we'll be uh we'll be helping out this a city uh that, that for people to move in that feel comfortable on both sides so people know that if they're coming in to move in they know that there's a synagogue there or or a synagogue removed and uh at that point in time uh they can know what the bylaws are moving forward so there's no surprises of anything like this happening in the future so we have to address everybody's everybody's problems and we're not going to fix out fix them all but i think we can help people understand them better. Oh, well explained. Uh, en dehors de conseil, Lior, quelle est votre vocation? Alors, moi, euh, pour juste prendre un peu de, un peu de recul, euh, 
les deux dernières années, je consulte particulièrement dans, euh, dans le, les produits de recyclage, de construction. Mais avant ça, j'ai travaillé euh, 17 ans euh, comme directeur, directeur de communication et de euh, euh, customer service. Alors là, dans les deux dernières années, euh, je travaille avec plusieurs compagnies où je consulte pour euh, comment euh, prendre des produits de construction et les recycler, en particulièrement le gypsum qui est le Jeprock. Um, so I, con I consult for a company, uh, co several companies, particularly in a Jeprock uh, recycling. So Jeprock is a very interesting uh, raw material that uh, is pretty much recyclable forever um, and it's natural. So if you, if recycled properly can have benefits for the agricultural community and can be used in agricultural uses um, due, and due to its high uh, calcium and uh, gypsum, uh, calcium and sulfate uh, in, in it. So there's different avenues that I look for and work with um, small businesses to see how we can benefit them by recycling the gyproc. So that's that's been my vocation mostly uh, other, when, when I have free time <laughs> and city duties. Exactly. I know the feeling. So, uh, so, so uh, some of your portfolios, sponsorship, that was the first thing we had a nice long talk about. Um, I remember having that first Zoom call early on in the mandate because it was the portfolio, one of the portfolios I had. And I told you at the time that, uh, you know, I was certainly looking at sponsorship opportunities for the library. And we had that amazing, um, you know, $500,000 unprecedented donation to the library from Rosalind Margulies. And I brought you in right away in the discussions, and uh, you're making progress on sponsorship right now on your own. You've, you've, I think you're going to have some exciting news to share. So absolutely. So on the in the sponsorship committee, I have to say that um, you helped break through for us on that. You really were pivotal in working with the Margulies Foundation, Margulies uh, family to get this very, very large donation for the library. And I really think that. That helped give gave me a lot of first of all a lot of energy in a sense that it made me realize that it can be done and I'm not just being thrown into a pond uh, and 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 you know try and swim but you you right away early on in the in the in my mandate helped me realize that you know don't go looking just for the small numbers go for the big numbers and uh, we've been extremely lucky we've received a very large donation as well which would be uh, which has been earmarked for EMS. Uh, which we'll be announcing also very soon in the coming months. That's but right. Let if Joel Goldenberg is listening to the podcast, let him wonder a little bit. We got to yes. give him, you know, something exactly. Absolutely, we'll give him something to to research. But yeah. absolutely, so you know, and this as if we can use this podcast as a, as a shout out as well to other people who are thinking of uh, you know donating in the memory of someone or in honor of somebody. Um, there are many many sponsorship uh, uh, possibilities. And they really, really, um, you know, I'm learning through the two two big ones that we've received now um, from the people that are giving how much, how incredible it is, how great they feel. These these are incredible people to be uh, putting out money, you know, towards a city. It's not the same when you're giving, uh, you know, donations to a city that I, you know, when you're giving a donation to another organization. I find there's a bit of a different uh, feel to it, and people are a little bit more apprehensive. And I'm very happy that, uh, you know, these two families, these two foundations uh, jumped in and really, really showed everybody that it can be done. 
And I'm hoping we will have um, other people from the community jump in. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a big number. It could be something small. It doesn't matter the amount. It has an impact. This money has a direct impact on every resident in Cote St. Luke. We're running a very tight budget. And every additional dollar that comes into, into the coffers, this will be used in earmark directly to help the residents. So I think- And, and I'll remind you, Lior, that- one of our first discussions, as you said, budget. You want to look at the budget. You you understand it a lot better now because now you see what goes on and why we have this. And you see that that we need every staff person and more because of all the work they do and the overwhelming amount of assignments. But you did say sponsorship. Let's try to bring in money that could help us because if we have money from the outside to cover certain things that we don't have to dig into our own budget to pay for things that we normally can't afford. So sponsorship is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe both sides. I believe in fiscal responsibility. So um, that doesn't mean just because you're going to be fiscally responsible that it doesn't mean that people can't take advantage and sponsor certain, uh, uh, you know, make certain donations to the city for something that they feel is dear to them and isn't given enough of a priority. So that's where they come in and say, look, I'd like to donate whatever sum of money it is. And, and we give priority with that money to what they want to earmark it for. So that's very important. People have to know that we're not just looking when the donation comes in to just use it for, for anything, um, you know, for, to salt the roads or whatever, but that that's what they want. We will do it. But, you know, we're looking for uh, donations and earmark it for what they feel um, is important to them. I will, uh, you know, just mention you also chair the Young Adult Council. You have the Next Generation Code St. Luke portfolios as well. But I wanted to jump to the master plan because you and I share something with the master plan. Uh, I'll be coming out with, with a blog soon about the master plan because Cartier Cavendish, it will impact the future of both of my our districts. And uh, I, I, I will uh, say that I know that I had talked to you about district meetings and hopefully having a joint district meeting sometime towards the summer where we could talk to our residents and and we don't know a lot about what the what the Cartier Cavendish wants to do so it's not like we're we're keeping anything we're we're eager to know as well but we're going to know soon enough to share with our constituents because that's going to be a big one for us for both of us Absolutely. And, and, and regarding that, uh, Cartier Cavendish and the other developments as well in the master plan, what, I, what I'm hoping we'll be able to achieve, and I think we can, because I believe the council is united on this. And I think that's very important that we are united on is that we're looking to get to alleviate all the many of the hardships by using the master plan. Uh, one of the hardships is for the young families finding places to rent finding places to buy. So more housing will allow to keep people in Cote St. Luke. There's people who are living in Cote St. Luke, want to leave, they want to sell a home, they want to go to a smaller apartment or a condo, and they they there's just limited amount of, uh, of, of availability. So by opening up, opening up these uh, um, condos, these rentals, to to uh, to them allows them to liberate some houses for the younger families that are coming in to Cotan Luke. And I think that that's going to be key. The idea is to inform the residents properly, to get them involved in the process so that they know what's coming, they know how it's coming, when it's coming, and so they can work with us and we'll direct this master plan with council, with the rest of council, and of course with all the directors and the big group of, uh, of city employees that are behind this um, putting this together in in a manner that ha that is forward forward thinking, and we'll get also buy in from from the residents. You need buy in from the residents in order to to sell the idea. It doesn't just have to come to us; it's got to come from them as well. They have to be part of that because, after all, they're the ones who elected us. 
Well, uh, Lior, let me just say, uh, you know, that it's been a, a pleasure getting to know you, uh, working with you already for the next year and a half. We have, uh, we have two and a half years left on this mandate now. It's hard to believe. Wow, blink in the next elections here. But that two and a half is a long time. So good luck. Bon chance. Merci beaucoup. And uh, we'll see you at the next council meeting. Thank you very much, Mike. It's been an honor. Et merci à toi. Merci à tous nos écouteurs et tous les résidents de Côte-Saint-Luc pour m'avoir donné la chance d'être là pour eux. My guest has been Lior Azarad.